everyone, I'm Isaac Wood. And I'm Amanda Wood. And we are married. <laughs> and this is Rings to Tags. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 15, Rings to Tags. I'm Isaac. I'm Amanda. And yes, we are still married. Every time. New year. 2023. Yes. Unbelievably large number. It just keeps cranking on by. 2023. New year. Happy new year to everyone. Yeah. Happy new year. We took a little while to record one this year to give you time to stop doing your new year's resolutions. Because we have a better idea. Yes. More to come on that later. Yes. Um, but happy new year to everyone. Hopefully everyone had a good Christmas season. We have not been with you since right before Christmas. Yes. As Our we... last episode was like released Christmas Eve, I think. Maybe As the day before. We right wrapped up the Amanda's A Thrill of Hope Christmas Advent. And it we was did. that was a long month every day. I just Well, yeah, I mean obviously I wasn't recording every day. I got it it all kinda like done in chunks but it was still a lot (laughs) it was a lot of recording but it was fun I like doing it and I hope to do it again you did a phenomenal job and I think we heard feedback and I know I gave the feedback of learning so much that I didn't even ever know I didn't know right and that's why that's why I wanted to share it because when I studied it the first time that's when I learned a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know I didn't know and really know how much was out there to know Really, that's all we're about. We try to learn things, and then it's just tell other people, and we feel like we've done our job. I think that's one of our jobs as Christians. Keep sharing it around. There's a verse that speaks to that that we'd have to like pause and have me go look up to go find. Can you like riff off of it? No, it basically says that. it's. I think it's Jesus talking, saying, these things that I've shared with you, you share oh, with yeah. others. Go and tell. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, all through the Old Testament, God says to Israel and through Moses and the prophets and stuff like, go, tell your children, tell tell everybody the things that you know, keep passing it, keep passing it on. And then in that, people will grow in me. There we go. So that's what we're doing. So we're doing our that's job. That's why we're here. So we uh, would have recorded that last Thrill of Hope Rings the Tags podcast. Right. And then we had Christmas. We did. We had a great Christmas. Great Christmas here with the boys and the yeah. dogs and the guinea pigs. One dog. One dog. Thank heaven. But we have kind of nice, calm Christmases because we don't have any family here in Minnesota. So we have these nice, calm Christmases where we can just stay in our jammies. And, you know, everything's like good in different ways. Because when I was a kid, it was like, okay, Christmas morning and then go to the grandparents' house and... Like Christmas Eve at one grandparent's house and Christmas morning at home and Christmas Day at the other grandparent's house. And it was running around and I loved it. And then I love this too. I love the quiet, like cuddle in, watch the kids enjoy their toys, eat yummy food, not have to bust out of the house. Which is good because we have a full Christmas morning with um, we do. breakfast. We do. Multiple shifts. We, of we had multiple. We had two Christmas trees, one upstairs and one downstairs, and there's like two different Christmas experiences for the boys. Um, and yes. we go through them, and they did great. I thought they'd be chomping at the bit more to get downstairs to the Santa presents. Well, I think it helps that that Santa puts the presents downstairs. Like there, we go into the boys' rooms and we bring them up 
past the Santa presents. Like, they're not allowed to see them. And then they come upstairs. Because the boys' bedrooms are in the basement. They're, yeah, their bedrooms are in the with basement. With the Santa presents. <laughs> with the Santa presents. Christmas tree. morning. Yeah. So we march them past it, like, with their eyes covered. <laughs> like, bring them upstairs. And so then we've got our, our kitchen and our dining room that is and open the concept into the living level. room on the main level that has the put the main Christmas tree for the house. The It's like the big pretty tree. Yeah, it sits the in the The downstairs window. is like the... That's what I'm like. I can't like call one the main one and the other one not. Cause they both play their purpose, yeah. The sure. downstairs one is like the special curated ornaments from our marriage and yeah. lives together. Yeah, the those are all the, one, those are all the personal yeah. ornaments and everything. The, what the boys make for us, anything we've gotten for each other. Places upstairs that we've purely decorative. Decorative. The upstairs tree is the show tree. Yeah. Um, but then it ends up with our, our family presents are up there. Yeah. And we did something different this year where we sort of like put presents under it. Like we were wrapping presents and like putting them under in the days leading up to Christmas. And that was kind of fun because I think it, boys oh, were like some really anticipating yeah. like, ah, what? and Sullivan went nuts because Samuel got him a gigantic Squishmallow. A and big, huge stuffed animal pillow. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure most people have seen Squishmallows at this point. They're kind of like the thing. But <laughs> anyway, it was this big blue, this big blue German Shepherd is what it was like labeled as. But it really looks like Bluey, the cartoon. Yes. And it's gigantic. I mean, it's like, it's the big one. And so it was in a massive box that was wrapped up here under the tree for a couple of days beforehand. And Sullivan was just like literally, he was like one of those cartoons that are like floating in the air with the heart eyes as he, <laughs> he drifts off toward the box. He was beside himself. It went everywhere he went for the days following Christmas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But He's still we, all about it. I think the best thing of Christmas was that we successfully pulled off a Christmas story surprise. Yes. So this was this Christmas season was probably was very influenced by a Christmas story. It was, and it was funny because we've shown the boys that movie a few times before, and we wanted to watch it this year, but both of them declared it boring. And they didn't, they didn't want to watch it. And we were like come on, you'll like it, it's this, it's yeah. that. We were like trying to sell it to him. And Samuel finally, after he thought about it for a little while, came back and was like, okay, I want to I wanna watch it. I, I, I want to watch it. He kind of moped his story. way through the first like 10 he minutes did. of it. Like he wasn't sure he really wanted to watch. No, actually it was Sullivan who was like really sullen about it because he hadn't changed his mind. And Sam had, but both of them were like totally fixated. Samuel watched it five times. Four more, yeah, yeah. just back to back right after it. that. And so, then after Christmas, he was like watching it in the car. So Natasha later. the Great Dane got a um, got doggy present, she Christmas did. present that was it's like one of these uh, toys they have from where it's like this stuffed. It's a puzzle toy house puzzle toy, but it's got the little pieces inside of it, and she has to pull find the out. little pieces and pull them out. She's got a couple of those. She loves them. They but really this do. Was, like this one was her. a crate that yes. said Fragile on it. <laughs> Fragile. And then on the inside was a leg lamp that the top comes off of it. Yep. And then there was a, a Red Rider BB, BB gun inside. But at the end of that movie, All so that that movie, long story short, the kid that asked for a Red Rider BB gun for Christmas, but everyone tells him you can't have it because he'll shoot, shoot his eye out. Um, but then his dad gets it for him at the end. Um, and like they get, they were done wrapping, done opening presents. And he's like, do you get everything you want? And Ralphie's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, well, what's that over in the corner? And then he goes and finds it, and it's his BB gun. And we did the same thing with Samuel. Really kind of both boys, but it was mostly both Samuel of them, but it was year. because of Samuel. Because it's his he, big ask. Yeah, all for like months, he's yeah. been asking for the MetaQuest virtual reality. Yes. 
And he was just like, he couldn't even think of anything else. He couldn't even come up with anything else to ask for. So he asked Santa for it. And then like around that, his only other asks were like um, an electric pencil sharpener and yeah. I can't remember. The other thing that he took forever to even come up with a third thing to just write. We let them ask for three things. And he took forever to even come up with a third thing to ask about. But we had already, I think even by the time he got to ask for it, we had already decided that we were getting them that yeah. for Christmas. And so we had it. And I was like, can we pull off a, they open everything and then it's like over in the corner. I'm like, Samuel, did you get everything you wanted? And he's like, ah. Oh. And you so could he tell. actually did, he was talking about the VR headset the entire morning, every present, like, oh, maybe this is it, maybe that's And he kept looking on the tree, oh, I don't Sullivan know if it can still be under there. He's like, oh, I bet then my next one's going to be virtual reality. But he did a great job of, he like, still en- like, enjoying everything that yeah. happened. And then even at the end, he had said a couple things, like, oh, I'm probably not going to get a virtual reality thing. Yeah. And then I was able to say, oh, what's that over in the corner? And he went and got it open. We had, like, hidden it among some other, like, boxes yeah. of um, games and stuff on a shelf. And he... Just like there was no way he was ever going to notice it was over there. So we totally nailed it. Yeah, just, just absolutely it. pulled it off. So that was great. I was so nervous because we were talking about it the night before. Like, do we do this and risk like maybe him being like really sad? Kind of sad and like, yeah, frumpy through Christmas. Just kind of putting a damper on Christmas. But he's like so into Christmas story he was. this whole season. But he we nailed it and pulled it. it off. So you guys can rest at ease. Yes. <laughs> he was happy and he had, but the nice thing about it is like we got to see that, okay, he had this big ask, but like ultimately he was prepared to just have a grateful heart for what was in front of him. And he was so excited and um, it was really like kind of a great lesson in general. And then he still got the, got still the, got the thing, thing on the back end, which was fun. With, yeah. But so yeah, after that we went to Columbus, Ohio for a week to do the Christmas thing out there and the boys got to hang out with cousins and we brought in the new year in columbus ohio we did tough place to be doing that oh for any it's probably Eastern a handful of ohio state buckeye football fans here but that the timing of that ball dropping on in eastern time zone right as ohio state's missing a field goal to lose so a terrible. playoff game i saw a hilarious meme that was like nobody in columbus ohio saw the ball, ball drop and then it was like yeah we did yep. wide, wide left, left. <laughs> um we we recovered through that slowly um and then made our it way back it was not the here. best way to ring we made it back year. to the great white north uh minnesota <laughs> with 17 new 17 inches of snow. and a half inches it was like i think our neighbor said it was like a top 10 Snowfall of all time in event. Minneapolis, yeah, yeah. So our amazing friends and neighbors um, cleaned our driveway off for us because they were like, once the plow came through, they were calling our driveway like the Great Wall, of, <laughs> because of it was Hamlet. like chest high, um, just so tall. They were like, you're never, you're never gonna get into your driveway. It will never happen. And we wouldn't have. When no, we got home and the driveway was cleared and and. We were like, holy, like if we had gotten here and this thing was full of 17 and a half inches of snow, done. we would have gotten a hotel probably I just, <laughs> and figured it out the next day. Yeah, it was like, it was already like 830 at night and we could not have waded through this stuff. We weren't in snow clothes. Like we could not have waded through it to even like get to the house and like get the kids in and the dog in and the guinea pigs and like everything else. It would have been just tremendous. So like, thank God. Thank God for provision through the people that he puts around us because we needed that 
Oh, it was immaculate. So badly. Yeah. Just so badly. And all that snow's still here. Uh, and it will be yep. for a very long time. It's not going anywhere fast. Nowhere. And it's like kind of warm right now. I mean, like that's a relative term, but it's nearly 40 degrees. And when you're nearly 40 degrees and sunny, you can melt some stuff. And not at a fast clip, though. Not enough. Yeah, we'll be no. in the snow for a while. You yeah, guys will be doing 4th of July <laughs> themed Still like showing episodes. you guys dirty snow piles yeah. or something. Yeah. Launching fireworks from snow piles. I mean, I don't know. I mean, some of the drifts, like you drive around town and, and you go to these parking lots that have been plowed now. And it's like, Plow piles. there are what I think qualifies mountains. They are. And they're going to take forever because once you scrape that stuff and it's got all the like road grit and salt and like all that nasty stuff in it, it seems like it like petrifies the ice and it turns into these just, just horrifyingly ugly. Yeah. Like, black and gray when sullivan was tiny he dubbed it junk snow like when he was like two years old he was like mommy what is that junk snow (laughs) and so we call it that now like that is junk snow when you've just pushed it off to the side a plow is hit it it's got road grit and everything else in it and nasty stuff has been blowing up on it for the whole winter junk snow it's aptly named but we did make it back home, and now we're off we and running here. into 2023. I think the boys made New Year's resolutions to um, make us breakfast every morning. Was it? <laughs> I don't know if it was a resolution. <laughs> they're but on yeah, a run they're now. like in. They're in it. They they well, Sullivan's been making breakfast every morning for Sam. Yep. And they just like to get creative with like remnants of stuff from the fridge and the pantry. It's mostly toast. Oriented. It is mostly it's toast, toast with but it's like toppings that are different. They're like trying to come up with different things. Sullivan came into my office the other day and was like, Daddy, uh, I'm going to do peanut butter and gummy bears, fruit snacks. <laughs> They're like, nope. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. They he found landed the Christmas on that, that morning he landed on bin. trail mix, actually. He did. He put trail mix on it. which <laughs> On okay, peanut butter and toast. It actually wasn't awful. That's not horrible. That's, that's possible. And then Samuel did this. Um, this toast he with calls it Sam melted toast. cheese. It's like a melted. Well, he did a melted and Swiss honey, and a spicy. And we got honey. like a, a spicy honey, and it was. He did that for us this morning. It was so exciting. It was good. Like did like you like it? Quality. Yeah. He's like they both have kind of a head for flavors. They enjoy that. And good. at school, they're in this. Um, this I think it's called food and nutrition class, but yep. they get to cook and stuff in it, and they just they love it. They absolutely think it's the best thing in the world. They're always so excited to go in that class, and then they want to come home and make us eggs or something, but it's a little different here. At school, they use these like electric griddles and here we have a gas stove. And so it's like just a little bit different of a situation where there's like, there's like a, on one hand, there's a slight risk of getting burnt. And then on the other <laughs> hand, there's like a really big risk of catching yourself and the house on fire. So I'm a little more timid to set them loose with that sort of thing here. But you're going to be on... You're gonna be traveling this week at a conference, and so Sam's already like, "I want to, I want to make dinner." So, I heard he's making um, macaroni and cheese with macaroni hot dogs. Macaroni with it? hot dogs. I mean, That's... like only my favorite meal of all yeah, time. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, hey, do I've done that for you for a birthday. For wasn't it your last birthday? I did like a bougie homemade macaroni Elevated. with uh, oh, kielbasa, yeah, in it. So it was like your old classic, but. With style. He said not to worry because it's going to just be Kraft macaroni. It is just going to be... He's just getting Kraft Mac and Ballpark Franks probably. Putting him in there though. 
I think. Yeah. And I'll have him like make them in the oven so that they have some flavor. My favorite meal growing up, and my mom would be able to tell you this today, was mac and runny and cheese. And it'd be, it could be the craft stuff with those little smokies. Remember those you probably little ate smokies? the Velveeta, didn't you? Uh, we we had a Velveeta run for a while, but not at this stage. Okay. Oh, those little Smokies gross me out. I can't oh, even the stand ones the way with they the cheddar smell. inside of it. And so oh, gosh. I'd, I'd so it's fry like up the those, gushers of fry up those, food. and then um, make the macaroni and cheese, and then you cut the little Smokies in half and put them all in together and mix them up. And it was like that. Was... <laughs> all right, enough hot dog talk. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Um, well, I think we're going to talk about um, not looking forward as New Year's resolutions. At this time of year, everybody's making Everyone's them. looking forward and say, I want to change. I want to go do this, which not the worst thought not, in the world. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but what we want to do is to, to kind of take this turn of the year as an opportunity to look back and re- remember what God's done for us in the past year. We can encourage you to do the same. All right, let's do it. Okay, so... New Year's resolutions, right? We said those are like super popular at New, this time of year. New Year's resolutions, big deal. Everyone does them. Real quick before you jump into okay. any of this. I was uh, on Facebook at the turn of the year, and I love the Facebook memories. It's well, kind of a nice feature. I probably I probably hate Facebook memories at some point in time too, but like <laughs> I, I love them because they bring you, it's like they give you what you were thinking at certain points in time. And sometimes it's really stupid. And um, I had one that popped up from like eight years ago where I was apparently really enlightened. Enlightened? Enlightened. Enlightened. There might have been light shining on me as well. <laughs> um, I was enlightened. I don't think the other thing's a word. In actually. 2015, because I said, uh, making the right daily decisions beats making annual resolutions. And I think that's my take. I've never really done the annual resolutions before. I know a lot of people will do like, maybe the, the new fad is like, hey, pick a word for the year. Oh, yeah. Word of the year. Which is I've seen I mean, that. nothing wrong with no. it. No. But I've... It's like I've had the, I've got the opposite take on New Year's resolutions as I do on like holidays and birthdays, where the holidays and birthdays we celebrate a day, and I'm like, oh, I hate celebrating it. Like if you, it's worth celebrating one day, it's worth doing the whole year long. And it's like so it's like birthdays. It's like I I shouldn't treat you any different on your birthday than I do. Like if you mean something to me, if you know Easter. Christmas, it's like you should be celebrating those things all year long. And then it comes along to New Year's resolutions where it's like you come up with this plan for the whole year. I'm like, no, you just every day, every day. (laughs) So really, actually, what we're finding here is that you have exactly the same perspective on both of those things, which is curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. I am. (laughs) You know, now that you mention it, I think I am fairly That's where Sullivan gets it. Yes. He's a curmudgeon. He is. That's seven. He is. Okay. So then I guess the thing we're getting at here is nothing wrong with new year's do resolutions, new year's resolutions yeah. do those but we want to talk about maybe instead along with if you only have to do one thing do this instead but you can do both maybe look back instead on what god has done and use the new year as a, a way to remember and um see new year's resolutions i feel like are kind of like self-focused they kind of focus on you. Like, what do I need to do? And then like, it's what you're going to do in your own power throughout the year. And if you look back, um, whether it's just for the previous year or your whole life or, you know, into the Bible to the beginning of recorded history, you can look at what God has done and you can see that A, you didn't have much to do (laughs) with any of it anyway, all along the way. And then B, that no matter what kind of comes across your path in the coming year, no matter what 
you know, gets on in front of you, what, what you have to face up against, you're going to be able to do that alongside God Almighty, creator of the universe, who was the one controlling it all. Anyway, it's not really on you. So I feel like in that way, it's, a, it's, such, a, it's such a light and lifting thing to realize that it's, it wasn't up to you before and it's, it's not up to you going forward either. And there's a lot of like celebration that can happen in, in the memory. Well, it's a great word, celebration. Um, looking back, I mean, especially these last couple of years, I feel like there's a lot of people that have had a lot of hard times. Absolutely. In a lot of different ways. Uh, some of them were, um, you know, put upon them. And some of it was just the way uh, we're not great at dealing with stuff no. anymore. I don't know that we've ever been great at dealing with yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's um, new or but, not. But we can, you know, work ourselves into, um, into bad places. Um, and so I think especially... And it's easy to just like, once you get into a bad place, it's easy to just sit in it and assume that everything's going to be this way forever yep. because we forget yesterday. But also I think, you know, end of year, holiday times, those those two elements can, can have a tendency to kind of highlight some of those things. And so at the new year yes, is a great time. It is a great time to be doing new year's resolution type things um, of like, hey, this is a new year. This is the time for a fresh start. It's like the spring of the calendar. Yeah. Um, that, hey, we can just start over. Um, you know, when you're in a, I, I'm in a sales role at work. And so it's literally everything starts over. Yeah, it's fresh, back fresh year. Some years that's awful and some years it's great. You're yeah. like, yes, finally that year's done and yes. we can start over <laughs> Move again. on. Um, and I think, I think the same thing kind of applies to life as well. So it's a good time to be assessing, right? Uh, it making is a plans good time for the future. Assess. But I think... What's needed in those those plans and any planning is to be able to look back and, and one learn from it, but especially to see what God has done. And and, and the Bible is uh, is full of of scripture and verses where God is telling us to remember Him uh, and telling us to remember what He's done. And we see it play out in a lot of the characters of the Bible's lives how they struggle, they they struggle yes. with life, um, but then they're able to remember. Remember God and His faithfulness, and uh, that's that carries them through. So, Psalm seventy-seven um, is this psalm basically where it talks about you know remembering. It covers this whole principle of what we're talking about, and the writer is Asaph, which I think he is like a he was like a famous, Did famous write fables? song writer. No, that's Asaph's. <laughs> <laughs> Asaph was like a famous songwriter, I guess, in the time of the Psalms, David, the like, but he. He wrote in Psalm 77, um, he's just having like this terrible time and the text doesn't really tell us exactly what kind of terrible time he's having, but he's crying out to God. And in the act of remembering what God has done in the scriptures, he, he actually doesn't initially feel that great about it. He's kind of troubled and he asks like, where is the God of these ancient days, these miracles that you did before? Where is that God? And I, I personally find that kind of like, humorous in a way because I have thought that before in my life like where is the God who did these great works so it's really it's actually kind of like clarifying to hear an Old Testament writer no where say the you same are, thing you're having the same thoughts yeah 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 that we're looking nothing at, new under the sun nope exactly but that we look at his time and we think like wow that's when God was really active and he's like, yeah, but what about like the days of Abraham? That's when God was really like doing something. When in reality, he's always doing something. And I think what the beginning of this psalm is meant to illustrate is that sometimes when we're in our hard times, we 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 do forget. Even, even the memories can actually bring some pain 
because we forget the actual meaning behind them and how they show like what God has done and what he's going to continue to do. So through the Psalm, through Psalm 77, we see that Asaph comes to this like true remembering of God and who he is and what he does. So he was initially struggling with this like disconnect between what he believed and what he felt like while he's in his pain. And his solution was to really truly remember and to focus on um, the, the truth of what God has actually done, that no matter how we feel that he's the same God and he's capable of the, the same things that he's always been capable of, and he holds our lives in his hands and, and he's trustworthy and we can we can lean on him. Um, Psalm 77, 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. So we can see that we're strengthened for the future days. When we look back and we remember what God has done for us, we can we can relinquish our own plans when we're actually remembering that he's the one who holds the future. He can be trusted with the future. He he knows what's going to happen to us. He's planning what's going to happen to us. And no matter what that is, we can lean on him and um, he'll bring all the best for us when we, instead of planning for ourselves, like give up ourselves and follow the, the plans that he has for us and that he's always had for us and everyone else. Well, And we, we heard... Um... We heard a, a woman share at our, at our house group this past week um, about their her and, and her family are going through a stormy time right now. Mm-hmm. And she shared that everyone's heard this saying that you're either um, in the midst of a storm, coming out of a storm, or getting Heading ready to go into, into a storm in life. Um, and, and that's so true. There's, there's so many challenges in life um, that come at us from all different angles. Yeah. Uh, other people that we deal with. Um, just the effects of sin in our life, our own issues. We create problems, plenty of problems for Tons ourselves. Tons of problems for ourselves. Um, and so we spend a lot, we we do spend and will spend a lot of this life on earth. Messing up? In problems? Messing, messing up, <laughs> yes. But just in, in storms. In difficulties. Um, and, and I love the book of Psalms. You read one from uh, chapter 77 there. It's like the entire book is David and others and he, so often it's I'm Lamenting. in this I'm in this muck and mire. Yeah, that's they use that phrase so often, like this muck and mire. Like I'm just wading through this gunky swamp. Yeah, um, that's what life feels like to them at that yeah. moment. If there wasn't already a book called Lamentations, that would also be an excellent for title portions for the of Psalms. Yeah, <laughs> for but, sections of. But the it's songs. like these chapters are they're all very similar, but then different and unique in and of themselves. But Listen, today, God, I'm in this muck and mire. And honestly, if I'm being honest with myself and I'm being honest with you, right now, I don't see you. Right. There's a lot of that. Right now, I don't see you. And and, and I can and I express that grief to, to God. That's yeah. what these, these psalms express that 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 lamentation, that that grief, that sorrow, that pain. And so if you've but ever then, wondered whether or not all, you can be truthful each, with every God. Every single one of them gets to this point where you go through that expressing that feeling to God. And then he says, it's like the same formula. Then he says, but I remember. Yes. You saved me before. Exactly. I've been in this muck and mire before. Exactly. You know what? And the last time I was in the swamp, I remember that you saved me. I remember that you provided for me. And then he connects that, he connects the past to the future. And then he says, so I believe and trust that you will do it again. And it happens over and over again because it happens over and over again in our lives. Mm -hmm. That we, today, when you're, today in some sort of trial that feels like you're wading through some mucky swamp that you 
you, you don't feel connected to God. Remember, this, and we're going to talk about the importance of this having morning. things in your life to help you remember because yeah. it's not natural to us. We want to just sit in the, in today, we remember the bad things, we project bad things, mm-hmm. and it's just we, we write the, the bad narrative. But if we can remember how God showed up, then we have faith and, and hope, not wishful, but hope, which is right. confidence that he's going to do Knowing it again. what's coming in the future. And I think that as people, we have a real tendency and a real weakness toward um, kind of acting like the world started spinning on its axis yesterday. And around us. Well, first, yeah, that we're the center of it as well. But I mean, just like nothing happened before yesterday. Like you see this in everything. You see this in politics. You see this in just all around the world in current events and anything you hear from just people as a whole. Everybody just acts like everything started spinning yesterday. And we're, we have a tendency to do that in our own lives. Like I am in this thing now and suddenly I just <laughs> I've got amnesia about well, everything that came we before. Think it's the worst like I've never had happened. good times before. I'm just we in think, this. We think the, the world we live in today is the worst that it's ever been. And we think the things that happened to us are worse. Yeah. And part of this because the things that happened to us are worse than what, to us. Than when they happen to other people. Yes, like they, that's, they are. Like now it's real in our because, life. Yes, we're, um, we're the center of our own universe. Yeah, and so now you're living out those psalms where you know he's he's talking about being in the muck and the mire, and you're like, oh, I get that part of scripture now. Um, and you know, I think you know, growing up and and as you as you get married and you have a family, like man, those scenarios show up so much more often. Or maybe yeah. you're just aware of them more often as you interact well, with more people. Yeah, I think we're just more aware of them. Where we have a different mindset to be able to gather the things that are going on around us versus a younger mindset with just kind which just kind of like lets things roll off the back cuz you don't really know how to face them anyway so you don't but god make god himself makes a really big point throughout the old testament of telling his people to remember remember him and remember the things that um, he did for them so i kind of pulled together there are seven major feasts that were given to israel by god himself in the book of Leviticus, the things that he told them, like every year, these are going to be like your holidays. These are your high holy holidays that you're going to celebrate each each part of the year throughout the calendar year, every year, in order to remember God in some way. So I'll just like go through those really quickly because I think, I mean, a lot of them kind of relate to the same thing, but um, I think you can kind of see the points that God is making to his people in wanting them to remember him because when they remember him and when they remember what he has done for them they will remember that they that he is worthy of their their worship he's worthy of them following him and continuing to obey and walk in his ways so the first um the first feast that God assigned to Israel was Passover so i'm sure you kind of like know what passover is about i do yeah. Okay, so Passover is the last plague of Exodus um, where God told Israel and Egyptians who wanted to were allowed to participate in this too, exactly these like very specific ways for how they were going to sacrifice a lamb and they were going to spread its blood over their, their threshold of their doorway. And in that, the angel of death that was going to pass over the entire land would spare their firstborns um and the firstborn of everyone in of everyone who didn't in egypt the pharaoh and the egyptians who didn't do this um their firstborns were killed and that seems like a weird thing to remember but um well i have a podcast if you want to go over to what she said 
you can look at a whole podcast on the on the Passover and how that actually points to Jesus as a sacrificial lamb. It's a picture of Jesus as a sacrificial lamb, and um, he. So this this work of Passover is like the great redemption of the Old Testament. The Passover came and there was a sacrifice, and then because of that that final sacrifice. Pharaoh let them go and they were set free and God, God led them out of Egypt and he redeemed them from their bondage. And all of that is a picture of the gospel and it's a shadow of Christ, which is to come. And so this first thing that God wants the Israelites to remember is the Passover. And so the first feast is just Passover. We see that often throughout the Bible where that pass, that that pops up, uh, Jesus was killed at the Passover. And the Passover is simply to remember that God allowed this judgment of death to pass over them. Um, the next one is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was also established around the first Passover. And it also remembers that God delivered Israel um, from the bondage in Egypt. They were told to eat their feast right after, like they, they had the they had the sacrificed lamb and they like ate the lamb and they were told to do this whole feast and there was a lot of like specifications about how this feast was to be done. But one of the things is that they didn't put leaven in their bread because there wasn't time. This whole feast was done like wearing your sandals with your traveling clothes on Ready to go. in urgency because God wanted them to be urgent because he wanted them to be recognizing that he was in fact going to redeem them and that they had to be ready at any time because they knew it was coming and they knew they were going to be set free. So that's kind of the like the memory there in the unleavened bread. What? Eat before you go. Eat before you go and be ready to drop your fork and run. Well, dine, is there a, a little part, dine and Is there dash. a part in the feast where they all go potty? Because that's important to do before you go on the trip. A long <laughs> Just trip. ask our kids. Yeah, did you? Yes. you I get hope out there so. And God's like, did you guys go did you guys, before I we told left? You to it was go. in the, the We're feast. trying to cross <laughs> the Red Sea. I told you to go before we left. Be ready, I said. Yeah. So the third feast, um, third, fourth, and fifth are all kind of together. The first fruits remembers God and thanks him for his provision over the past year. Um, The Feast of Weeks, or they also call it Pentecost, is a feast that remembers the God of the harvest. So they like make, they take their grain and they make breads and they're recognizing that like, if not for God, this grain doesn't even grow. So I can have all the plans I want in my life about selling more loaves of bread next year, but I have to remember that without God, this grain doesn't like grow in the first place. No croissant. Croissant. <laughs> I don't think they ate that, but nevertheless. And then the third one in that is the Feast of Trumpets, um, which remembers, like, it's, it's all about rest. It, like, remembers that God is, like, the God of rest. He orders us to rest, and he gives us that good gift. Two, um, rest on the Sabbath isn't really a law as much as it is a gift. I mean, it was a law for them, but it was a, it right. was done as a gift, not just as something that they had to um, maintain. The sixth one is the Day of Atonement. Um, that is a day of remembrance of their own sin. Um, the priest would offer a sacrifice on behalf of the entire nation of Israel, and it was basically for all of those sins that you didn't necessarily know. You were if you knew you sinned, like I sinned just now, you were to, you were to confess that when it happened like sacrifice and confess that but the day of atonement is for kind of all those little things that we don't even necessarily know about but they 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 pile up and then the last one the seventh one is the feast of tabernacles or um it's also called the feast of booths which immediately follows this day of atonement so you confess your sin and then you get a feast to celebrate god's provision and protection and it specifically looks back to the time that israel 
wandered in the wilderness following their exodus out of Egypt, which is something that God likes to remind them about. Often. A lot. <laughs> he tells them so when we say, all the time. So when we say feasts, um, what do these type of celebrations look like in Jewish history? Like, is this just one meal? You know, um, I think like there would be like whole days of like feasting and celebration. Some of them weeks long? Um, no, I don't think no. so. No, I think they were mostly more of a like, this is the day that that's happening. But they ended up, like I guess, built it, building up around it were... Well, I mean, I don't know the way they might have like celebrated yeah. it. But no, they're all given with like specific, on this day, you are going to celebrate this. You just went to, that's seven times throughout a Jewish God year. God wanted them to remember a lot. God had instructed them to... Hold a hold a meal, hold a celebration in remembrance of some something that he had done for them. Yeah, um, and so and for them it was really mostly it was mostly like focused around his like leading them out of bondage in yep. Egypt. And so, but that takes up a, that's a lot of that's a lot of occurrences throughout the year. It's like seven days that God plugs in there like hey you're going to carve out this time it's built into what you do as a culture yeah to remember what i've done for well you. and at the passover the first passover in in egypt when god was like giving the instructions for what was going to happen for this passover god reset the calendar he reset the jewish calendar changed it all around to focus around this moment like he he scrambled the way they processed time in order to bring the first thing that they do at the beginning of their new year into view in light of this huge redemptive act. Now, currently, Jewish New Year is in um, September. Um, is that Rosh Hashanah? Yeah, Jewish New Year is in September at Rosh Hashanah. Um, in Exodus, God put it in what would be Nisan, which is like our March, April, right before Passover, so like right before we celebrate easter in our calendar um there's a whole history on how that all kind of moved around it sounds but like another podcast it is it's not even one i can do to be honest yet yeah um, but but just the point being that in case you know that about the jewish calendar we know that too well it's and different the now point is god god worked it into his people's lives that they he would built their lives how their doing. lives so, process around remembering so then him. how so you know we're not we're not a jewish family we don't um, we are not we don't we don't have these seven feasts built into our annual. No, but calendar. we have others. We have others, but what, how do we how do we take what we know? Then we we see we see that God has um, an emphasis and points out and reminds us often to remember what He has done. He reminded right. the Israelites to remember what He had done for them. So how do we translate that into our lives? How do we? I asked you first. <laughs> Well, I was hoping you'd know. <laughs> I have ideas, but well, what, um, oh, do you want to go with your ideas first, or no? I think we'll transition into you know one of the things that the uh, Israelites did often. So they're 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 having these feasts that God is going to work into their life. But then I think that I think what that did was uh, was create inside of them as a people this um, like recognition recogn in their lives. They recognize the need to remember. Right. So as as you read through the Old Testament and all these characters are going about um, experiencing and living their lives and experiencing God, um, one of the things they do most often when something big happens, they build an altar. Right. 
like right there, right there, wherever they were, when that happened, they build an altar, they give it a name that ties to whatever just happened that and God they just did for them, and they worship God in that way. But it's a physical altar mm-hmm. they build that stays there that we well, can and still, part of fi- the reason we still is, find them in archaeology today. Yeah, and part of the reason why they built that physical altar for them, like it was a practical thing. It wasn't just like like a statue. Or like a like no, they used yeah. it to sacrifice. So they used yeah. it as sacrifice, like a place to sacrifice, because that is how you worshipped God. Correct. In the Old Testament system, you worshipped him with sacrifice. I mean you worshipped him in other ways too. But the primary means that God requ- required of them was sacrifice. Right. Which is still the way that we worship him it is. today. It's just, it's less just the sacrifice is yeah. Um is us. Right. As Romans well, and that's twelve what, says. I say, like, we're still in the sacrificial system. Like, you know, it's God God set up the law for Israel. In the Old Testament, we see the law, and that's the system that they're under. And the new covenant came, and it fulfilled the law. But what it didn't do was change anything about God and who he was and what he required. We're still under the sacrificial system in that blood still is what is required to cover our sin. It's just that now in the new covenant, we have the perfect blood of Jesus that's paid that once and for all. No additional imperfect sacrifice is required to be offered because the perfect blood of Jesus covers us up into the, like everything in the past and everything in the future. So we're still in the sacrificial system in that way. And now what is required, the sacrifice that is required is for us to lay ourselves down on that altar and accept the covering of the blood of Jesus. Well, in Romans 12... 1 and 2 says this. It's Paul writing to uh, the church in Rome. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so he's calling into their thoughts that sacrificial sacrificial system. Yeah. That they, they would build these altars and they would sacrifice and and it, it has changed and, and today he's calling us present yourself as a living sacrifice. Which is your act of worship. So they worshiped at these altars to remember God and remember what he did and because of who he was and what he did, they worshiped him and they offered their sacrifice to him to show him that they knew and they remembered. And that's the same thing we can do now. We can lay ourselves on altars and it's our act of worship to give figuratively ourselves up to him. Speaking figuratively here, speaking, but the 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 sacrifice is we sacrifice ourselves, right? And and, and what that our means desires is that are, we we give up our desires, what we want, our, our way, our, the way that we want to do it, our own understanding, our authority of how over the world our own lives works, and we give it to God. We right. lay it at God's feet and and give it to Him, so that it's His authority, it's His word. It's what he wants to do with our life. It's how he tells us to live. We don't live the way we want to. We don't live based on how we, for ourselves, to get the best for us. What we We plan for for the year. And we live for others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, practically speaking, like, how can we here, sitting here in our cities in, you know, America or wherever we live, how can we, like, act this out? Go build and altar and park yeah so one of the things i've started doing this year is actually i'm doing kind of a uh, soft study um of all the times altars were built in the old testament yeah so obviously these old testament characters they they experienced god in a way that drove them to to take the time 
they didn't just have like a popping altar that just you know crank you crank something and it comes up take the time to build an mm-hmm. altar and and to acknowledge how god had moved in their life right um and so I, i'm going through at least the first part of this year to go look through what were these altars what was it that god did for them and how did they remember it right, right. um and so noah was the first one that uh that built an altar to god right um and the interesting fact on that's what like the 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 smell the aroma of noah's sacrifice to god as he got off the ark the bible tells us is what triggered god to say you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna destroy humans anymore because he the, liked the smell of bacon he liked the smell yes yeah, so when you walk into a, a, <laughs> a barbecue joint you're like god does that too god does like, that too. never mind god does I'm that pacified. too and he was like you know what and he, it's funny you should probably find the verse it's i sometimes i love reading like you got to read your bible read your bible one is great yeah if you want to make a new year's resolution read your bible read your but bible. there's some hilarious i just in the past couple of weeks i've seen some hilarious quotes of god i i told you that the other day when i was reading in, in genesis about um when god promised isaac to Abraham and Sarah, and Sarah laughed, and she it says she laughed like inside of herself, but of course this is like, this is a Christophany, this is a pre-incarnate, this man is a pre-incarnate Jesus, right? So he's sitting there, and so even though he's look, a man in front of her, he knows her thoughts. <laughs> and so uh, she says, I didn't laugh, but she did inside of herself, and the translation trans- translates out from Hebrew for Jesus to look at her and say, oh, no, but you did. <laughs> it just like made me laugh because yeah. it sounded so, so 2023. Noah, so Noah gets gets off the ark, right? We we know that the whole flood story. He gets off the ark. He builds an altar to the Lord, um, and offers sacrifice of, of some of the animals. And it says, when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, "I will never again curse the ground because of man." But then he adds this tagline to that: to those things. "For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth." <laughs> like he for he's evil just, but he makes good yeah, pork like you know what Man, he makes a good mean barbecue um he, he does have it use smells so all. good that i'm not gonna kill him even though golly they're awful they're really truly terrible <laughs> he says golly they're awful <laughs> um but the uh, the other one that i read recently was in exodus 33 which we'll do a separate podcast sometime on um where moses comes down with the Ten Commandments yeah. and the Israelites. While he's up there meeting with God, getting the Ten Commandments, he's saved them from Exodus, which were, he's given them all these feasts right. to remember, right? Big deal. He's up there. And what do they do? They build a freaking golden they calf. They can't and build it fast the enough. The golden calf. They can't, they can't build so it fast And so Moses enough. freaks out on them. But then God kind of does too. So then God comes to Moses and says, um, and I'm slightly paraphrasing this, but not much. Not much. He says, you guys go ahead and go to that promised land by yourself because if I come with you, I'm killing every single one of you because you're awful. <laughs> That's like God's really powerful. I turn this car around. <laughs> yes, very much so. Like you go there by yourself because I'm... Precious field you trip. Give me a, you give me a minute. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it, it's, a, it's a great passage of scripture because then, then Moses says, um, listen, God, if, you, if you're not going to be with us, we don't want the promised land. Right. Well, and he says, I don't. I don't. I don't. It was really just Moses. The I rest of them the, were still polishing their calf. I don't want to be there. Golden calf. Um, and there's, it, we'll, we'll spend some other time on that. But it's just yeah. a funny, those funny, th- where, where God calls out like how awful we are. Yeah. Um, with no shame. 
But anyway, no. so that was the first altar. I didn't mean to spend so much time on that. But what, um, <laughs> He's got but 47 then the next, more strapping. The next character that kind of really kind of um, uh, makes the art of building an altar. Gets called out for it. Well, the next major character to pop up in the is story is Abraham. Um, and so Abraham builds an altar four different times. And so I thought it was just interesting. This is as far at as at least made that's it. all we're told of. He built well, it where yeah. he went. Um, but you know what, what was going on at the time, and just kind of what were the the kind of takeaways? We don't have to go into the history of these things, but just kind of the takeaways Aww. of well, you can do a separate <laughs> deal on it. Um, but just the the four times. So the first time Abraham builds an altar is in Genesis twelve verse seven, um, and it, he's he's been called out of his his land. God calls him to just leave everything that he knows and to go. To go where? He didn't tell. Where I will just lead go. you, he says. Um, and so just go. And so Abraham does. And Abraham goes out and he's just following God. Yeah. Um, without much direction. Didn't have right. a map necessarily. But um, but he gets into um, the land of Canaan, which eventually will be the promised land land that yeah eventually that joshua calling, is going to go back to, to or go forward to exodus that god saves his people and calls them to go to the promise right land. and joshua will right. lead them to get the canaanites um, out of there so he gets out land. there um he stops at this big tree place um and then god actually kind of delivers he reinforces his promise his covenant to to abraham at this time that his offspring is going to take this land and so at that point abraham builds an altar um and it's and in Genesis twelve seven it says to the Lord who appeared to him, and so I think it's important for us, you know, as we, as we look back and we're looking at what are these moments that we should try to remember. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to build altars in all Physically. the different places, like stone altars that we would sacrifice things. But I think it's, um, I think it's important for us to have reminders, physical reminders. It is. And one of the things that I try to do at least once a year, I typically do it kind of like every three months, just as I I'm a I'm a big like writer. I like to just write everything down. Yep. And I take notes in sermons and I take notes in my Bible study. But I also write a lot of my prayers. And so I try to every few months, at least once a year though, sit down and just use pages of just like starting back from again. Even though I've done the same periods for as long as I can remember, I go back to my earliest memories and just come up with all the ways that God has either blessed me or carried me in the dark times to put down on paper and keep reminding myself it's so easy to forget it's so easy to forget the little things and i swear every time i do it my i can fill in more things in gaps that i previously left like i can think of more things like oh this happened i'm thanking god for that or this happened and i see how god carried me through and then suddenly the clarity of how what happened before that like comes into view because i'm thinking about it because yeah. I'm remembering. And I just, I think that that is a true faith building exercise when you really make yourself stare at how you got to where you are and who's responsible for it and how he has carried you all this way. It, it really just builds you into realizing that that's going to keep happening. He didn't, he didn't, he's not going to stop being who he is. It's who he is. Right. And, and this, and so this first altar that Abraham builds is, based on what God has called him to do. So right. so remember, we all need to remember God's calling on us. He has a calling. As a Christian, he has a calling on your life. He's he put one on there. He has a specific 
there is a God of the universe who created each one of us and he loves each one of us and he created us for a reason. Yep. And the best thing that any one of us can do is figure out what that reason is and do it. And so um, if you're listening to this and you don't know what your calling is, dive into God and yes, figure that out. Yes, start figuring a great, that out. It's it, the foundation thing for you to, it, to you to remember, to be able to remember God's got a calling on you. And so when you're going through hard times, when you're struggling with your purpose uh, and your, your effect on this world, you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything and you're getting down on yourself, to be able to go back and to remember... God has called me to to this. And you're never going to figure out what that calling is while you stare at yourself. So the best way, I think, to start staring at God instead, to start focusing on God instead, is the remembering. It's through remembering. It's not through wondering what he's going to do in the future. It's from remembering what he already did and who he already is. Well, maybe you haven't got to your point in your life where he has called you to something yet. Or that you've heard the calling. Yeah, Abraham, Abram at He's the time, old at this point. he didn't get called by God for the first time. God yeah. showed up when he was like, what is he like? I forget, I'd have to look at my notes, but he's like 60, 70 years 70. old yeah. when he's first. And like, we're led to believe in Genesis 12. There's no reason that we wouldn't be able to believe from the text and the way it reads that Abraham wasn't worshiping or following God before this. God popped into Abram, Abram's life and said, come on, because before that he was... He was an idol worshiper. He was among idolatrous people. And that's how he would have lived his life up until Genesis 12 in his, you know, advancing years when God popped onto the scene and said, hi, I'm here. And it's this me. is what we're going to do. Yeah. This is what and we're here's do who you are. And here's what so, you're going to do. Number one thing for you is we look back on the past year that we can remember is remember if you've identified what God's called you to do, remember that. Remember that, and as you're, if you're making plans for this year, have that be the backdrop for it, right? Um, but then the very next verse, like Abraham, once he starts building altars, he goes quick. Yep. The very next verse, <laughs> he's he, scattering he, he the countryside. The second one, he, he moves on um, into the promised land a little bit. He continues to to, to wander, and then um, he gets to this place called uh, Bethel, um, and then he Bethel. It's Bethel. Um, and he builds he builds another altar. So in Genesis 12, 8, he builds another altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Yes. And so I think this is a different altar. I mean, it's probably looked very similar. But the last altar was built because God spoke to Abram, right? And yeah. so he was in response to God, I want to remember what you said. Yeah. And this altar is because now like, this as altar, he, Abram's he a sojourner. He's traveling around. For whatever and, reason, he chooses to call out to God, to worship God, or there's something that he's now initiating the conversation with God. And so I think it's important for us to remember as we look back on our lives, whether it's this past year or your life, however long your timeline is, remember those times that you called out to God. Yeah. Um, and I know I've got I've got a handful of those times where I, I talk to God directly and I remember those often and it encourages me. Yeah. The one that jumps out the most often is when I challenge God to show me what he wanted me to do with my life. On show a me Monday, my calling. On a Monday. And Tuesday night you showed up in my life. <laughs> and there were multiple Bible studies that showed Lucky up in my you. life that, that week. And so it was like this God telling me. Now, Dopey Me was asking him, what job do you want me to have? <laughs> and he said, no, here's what I want you to do with my life. You said what you, you used the phrase, what do I want you to do with my life? A man's here family is. is his here's mission. Your wife. He gave you one. Here's your wife. And here's a calling to teach others about God's word. Yep. Um, and, and that's what the, the most impactful parts of my life are today. Um, but it's 
being able to remember that. And, right. And, and remember that there was this time that I called out to God, that, that I spoke out to God and to then see how he answered that. And, and he, every single time in my life and every time in the Bible, he's answered in a completely different way than I was asking the question. It's almost a rule. It's almost a rule that he will answer in a completely different way yeah. than you're asking. And you can see in, in Genesis how Abraham kind of caught onto that quickly. Abraham and Sarah kind of caught onto the fact that God doesn't really do what you think he's going to do. And they, they actually use that as their justification for trying to get a son themselves through Hagar and Ishmael. Because they're like, well, surely like God said I'm going to literally have a kid, but he, he doesn't mean anything literally, so he probably means something else. And they use that as their justification, which they got totally wrong. But the point being is like they were picking up on that. They were right. they were kind of picking up on that pattern of God that he's gonna he's got different plans. His his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. So then Abraham continues on. So it's so now we're at two reasons for us to remember, right? That we remember the God's calling on on our life. Like that God has God wants to communicate to us what he has uh the good works that he's prepared for us to do, right? Right. Um, that he, he, we are his workmanship. He's created us each uniquely for unique purposes. Um, but then second of all, remember those times that we call out to him and how he's answered our prayer. Yep. Um, that's what so much of, of the Psalms that we talked about earlier is, is that calling out to God and then remembering the times that he's answered those call outs before. Exactly. Um, but then the third altar that Abraham leaves, it's it's a full chapter before he gets to another one. So he comes out the gate strong, two and two verses, and then his rate of altars per verse uh, dramatically decreases. But over the next, so he he's he travels and he's God's called him to travel throughout. Yeah, God told him that he was like he, he, God gave him this land, but then didn't give him a place that was actually like his yeah. in the land. And so he's traveling around and he and he makes some mistakes and he goes some places he shouldn't have. Um, and he comes back, and then he, and he ends up settling in this place um, called, I don't know how to say it. Hebron? Yes, but it's like this, these trees of Mamre, oh, Mamre. at Mamre. Hebron. Yeah, right? I think that's so good enough. He, he ends up leaving here, but this is really kind of home for the, for him and his family. It's, it's where right. eventually uh, him and his wife are buried, not yeah. in that order. It's where Isaac ends up. Like Isaac and Jacob his comes kids. back eventually this, to be buried there as well. This really ends up being his yeah. home his home in the promised land. Um, and it just says that he settles here. And when he comes here for the first time, he settles here and actually pitches his tent here. Um, and, and he builds an altar because, because he pitched his tents there. Yep. Um, and so this idea that, you know, our home is a place of worship. Absolutely. And to remember that. And so it's like wherever we are, to be able to remember that where we are, who we are, how we are, and who we're with, like that's all God. Yeah. God has provided, he's provided that. that and he's to, put us there. To make sure that wherever we are, and we've moved around yeah. um, to different states, that wherever you are, you have a place of worship, that you spend time with God, that, that there are um, things that you set up in your life, in your house, in your town, yeah. That point you to God. Exactly. Um, and so that was his third altar. And then he builds a, a fourth altar, which is a maybe a more famous one. It's it's when God calls him to sacrifice his son Isaac. At Mount Moriah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, the fourth altar that we're told of Abraham building. 
and um, he doesn't end up sacrificing Isaac there. God he, provides yes, a lamb. So he a does ram. end up sacrificing there. Yep, but he but he obeyed God through that. Yep. And so I think the fourth thing that we're called to to remember is to remember God's provision for us, but that God provides for us through our obedience. Yes. That. Yeah, yes. we can't just be out there doing things our way, doing whatever we want, and expecting that God will provide for us. Especially if he's called you to do something that you're not doing. Right. He's call, He calls us to do things. And when you don't do it, then we moan yeah. that he's not providing. It's like I heard, uh, I was listening to a message recently on just like reaping what you sow. Yeah. And that so often Monday through Saturday, I think this was at church on Sunday actually. So you heard the same message. Monday through Saturday, we reap the seeds of like wild oats. I don't think that this and was then, at our church because I don't think I heard And then this. on Sunday, we show up and pray to God because our harvest isn't there. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're, you're sowing the wrong seeds. Exactly. Um, and now, God does, when, when you're his, he does continue to like have blessing and provision on your life because there's a promise from him in that. Yes. Um, you can see that, in, again, in the story of Abraham. You can see how even when he was in Egypt and telling lies and getting his wife taken into the Pharaoh's house and doing all of these horrible things, like God was still alongside of him and he was still receiving blessings and provision from God through that, but they weren't what they would have been. Well, and they were and, tainted. And they, they were tainted. They weren't what they would have been. And it delayed, it likely delayed what God was ultimately going to do in his life because he kept taking detours. But I think Abraham's a great one to see that God can hang with us through our failures. But he, and you look at that, I mean, the, again, this is another podcast and sermon series on, you know, <laughs> that that encounter with Abraham and Isaac and, and, oh, and yeah. what God did through that. But that um, if you will obey him, even when it looks hard, there's or a blessing impossible. on the other end that will blow your mind that is above and beyond anything you can ask, think, or imagine. God's big about putting his money where his mouth is. Yes. He he shows up when he asks you to put it all on the line for him. He But he the obedience up. takes faith. And if you can get to where you do that, to be able to remember yeah. that you did that. So one is remembering that you obeyed and that you can obey. Right. Um, but then it's also then to remember what God did through that um, because he always goes above and beyond. Um, and so that's, you know, just looking at, at the altars. And I think, you know, we have some, some friends that are missionaries that actually uh, told us that they have a practice that, you know, when big things happen in their life, God-oriented things, um, they actually, they have things throughout their house that are like physical reminders of certain times in their life yeah certain events in their life um so kind of like their altars and we have a little bit of that too like through our house like we have these representations of everywhere we've been like where god has like for, for, to live like god has taken right. us from ohio to wisconsin briefly to minnesota and we've got connections in these other states that god has like made important parts of our lives and that's something we I try, you know, we try to represent within our house so you can kind of see in our home the, the 
trip that God has taken us on and the remembrance of, of that, the remembrance of the things that he's done. And I would challenge you to try to sit down and write down or think up or what I think writing it down is nice because it's like putting it down on paper and you can always go back and see remember what you remembered (laughs) you know later um because I think it's really easy especially if you're in a bad place to look at it and be like nope nothing good's ever happened to me because we get like all oh we can so easily get there yep why me in our moods yep and so that's why I think that taking like sit down with pen and paper and just like start start writing think of the good things and then realize how that was probably that was definitely all god and if you and if you need help doing that think of these things right like try to think of like what has god called me to do what is what is what has he gifted me to do what has he blessed me to do what how has he created me and how does he want me to use what he has created to do his goodwill right and remember that and where and when have i when have i called on him how did that turn out where has he put me what is like what does that look like where am i yeah look at your life and i promise you <laughs> if you are in him you will see his handiwork in your life so at the and end, then you'll know that you're held for the future at the end of the day um or at the end of the year at the really beginning I, of the year re- yeah at the beginning of the year <laughs> at the end of the where day where we are right now um but actually i think you know back to my kind of original comment around um, daily changes being more impactful um, than annual yes uh, resolutions. Um, there's a there's a prayer that I try to pray every night. If not pray it specifically, um, at least think about it as I'm falling asleep. It's another psalm. It's Psalm 92, um, and it says, "It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to Your name, O Most High." to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. And I think that's just at the end, literally at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, as you're going to sleep to be able to do this practice, to think back on this, this day and to thank God for his faithfulness, to thank him for what he did that day, the gifts that he gave you, the things that he did, the experiences he gave you, just your experiences with him to be able to thank him every night that's going to completely change your next day. It's going to completely change your day. And if you change each day, you're going to change each week and each month and each year. And then you're going to have more things next year uh, in 2024 to look back on 2023 and be like, holy, I can't believe God did that. And it all comes from God. Like all the things that happen, all the good things, they come from God. But he does require us turning our thoughts and minds and hearts to him so that he can work through them. He's doing so much that we don't know of. But if we can think and remember the things that we are aware of, man, it'll change your life. So we'll leave you there. Now you know how to change your life. Go do it. Yeah. Have a good one.